Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the High Scores Podcast. I'm your host, Sage McSwain, and let's get right into today's episode. So, first, starting off with some NFL news, uh, Bill Belichick is favored to win uh, Coach of the Year, um, and this has been an exceptional year by the New England Patriots. I mean, they've delivered on all cylinders, especially after last year, uh, just wasn't really working out, especially with Cam Newton after Tom Brady left. They couldn't really do much, um, and uh, it just didn't look like Bill Belichick was the same coach. Um, but now getting Mac Jones in this past uh, offseason, in this past draft, um, getting some more, uh, you know, some more weapons for Mac Jones has uh, definitely helped the Patriots. I mean, right now they're standing at an 8-4 and four record, um, and I think they're going to continue to do well. Um, they're at the top of the AFC East, um, and they're gunning for that top spot in the AFC. So, um, you know, definitely it's going to be surprising if we see a Patriots-Buccaneers Super Bowl. But um, it's going to be really great. Uh, I think uh, so far Bill Belichick has been doing really well with coaching the New England Patriots, um, coaching a slightly younger team than he's used to. Um, so... I definitely think Bill Belichick should win Coach of the Year uh, for this season. Now going over Thursday's game um, between the Cowboys and the Saints. Uh, now the Cowboys came out winning, winning this one uh, 27-17. I did predict Dallas to win this one um, just because their offense, really great offense, and it showed this game. Um, definitely a lot of turnovers um, near the end of the game, especially with Taysom Hill throwing the ball. Um, fumbles happening for the Saints and interceptions with the Cowboys. It's just really bad. It's back-to-back uh, turnovers, basically. So just wasn't the greatest of uh, games this season, but uh, the Cowboys are still able to win. Uh, Dak Prescott was 26 for 40, uh, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception was sacked once, uh, three carries for negative three yards. Um, Tony Pollard, who had a really great game, uh, basically with the game ceiling touchdown, um, he had seven rushes for 71 yards and one touchdown. Um, CeeDee Lamb had a great game uh, coming back from the concussion protocol um, and wasn't able to play on Thursday's game, Came back or on uh, Thanksgiving game against the Raiders. Um, he came back Thursday and beat the Saints. He's doing really well, seven receptions, 89 yards, um, just a really great game by the Cowboys offensively. Now looking at the Saints offense, they're 19 for 41. They have 264 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he threw for four interceptions in his first start of the season, I believe. Um, and then he was also sacked twice. Um, he had 11 carries, or sorry, he had, yeah, 11 carries for 101 yards. So uh, definitely staying with the rushing attack. And he was the leading rusher for the team um, as Mark Ingram only had 10 rushes for 28 yards, so really couldn't get anything going on with the run game uh, besides Taysom Hill. Um, looking at the receiving game, um, sorry, um, uh, Deontay Harris had a really great game. Four receptions for 96 yards and one touchdown. Uh, and I'd say that's about it. Uh, really, just the Saints really couldn't get anything done receiving-wise and rushing. And just really, they just really couldn't get anything going. Uh, um, Jaron Curse had, uh, one interception, um, and eight total tackles for the Cowboys defense. 
Um, Trayvon Diggs, one interception, four total tackles. Um, and Carlos Watkins had one interception and one total tackle. Now looking at the Saints defense, um, decent game. Marshall Lattimore had one interception, uh, five total tackles, but that was about it. They just really couldn't get anything done, uh, defensively and offensively. And the Cowboys just kind of outplayed them in this game. Um, leading them to win 27-17. to 17. Now, coming in with some uh, news that has just been released recently, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is reportedly going to retire or part ways with the Steelers after this season. Uh, now, nobody has confirmed or denied uh, this rumor, but um, it is reported that Ben Roethlisberger will be exiting, and I do think it is uh, basically the time for him uh, to retire i mean the team's getting a little bit younger um and he just hasn't been producing that well uh so i definitely think it's uh time for him you know hang up the cleats and i mean he has a really good career definitely hall of fame caliber just looking at uh his stats here he's played 243 games um he has 64.4 completion percentage 62,870 total yards and 410 touchdowns Along with that, he has, he's a six-time Pro Bowler, a two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, 2004 Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, and he's just been with the Steelers his entire career. So I definitely think it's a great career. I think it's about time for him to end it just because just it looks like the team's getting younger again. Um, and just I think it's just time for him to move on, mainly uh, I think it's best for him uh, because he has been getting injured recently. And also best for the team, uh, just because I don't think he's really fitting where they want to go. Um, so definitely a very legendary career, definitely Hall of Fame caliber. Um, and I definitely do think it is time for him to retire. Now, some more news coming today um, from the Carolina Panthers during their bye week. That they've just fired offense coordinator Joe Brady. Um, and... Uh, recently the Panthers offense just hasn't been looking that great but I don't think it was a great decision by the Panthers organization I mean I get that it's a bye week and you can make up new plays or you know with your new offensive coordinator but it just doesn't seem like it's going to be the right fit mainly because um, I mean it's midway through the season almost the season's almost ending I don't really know why you would uh, you know start to um, fire staff already um, I mean, obviously, you know, the Panthers haven't been doing great. Uh, they're currently five and seven, second in the NFC South. Um, in their last five, they've, they've gone two and three. Um, and they're currently on a two game losing streak. Um, so it just doesn't look that great. Uh, that's understandable why they would try and fire him. Just, it just didn't make sense as of the timing. Um, looking at last week against the Dolphins, looking at their offensive stats, I mean, Cam Newton went 5 for 21, 92 yards, 2 interceptions, uh, 1 sack, 3 carries for 5 yards. Uh, P.J. Walker had 5 for 10, 87 yards, 1 interception. He sacked 4 times. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 10 rushes, 35 yards. Um, D.J. Moore had 4 receptions for 103 yards. Uh, but still, just that offense didn't look that great. Um, and I don't really think you could blame him all for it, even though the Panthers offense just doesn't look great in general. Um, and he wasn't really utilizing the players to their fullest ability. I just think maybe they 
need to, you know, beef it up a little bit more with the offensive line. Clearly, I mean, they, uh, the, the Dolphins had five total sacks, um, three total interceptions. So a lot of them were from pressures and never getting to the quarterback. I mean, obviously here, Christian McCaffrey, only 35 yards on 10 rushes. Um, he's getting about 3.5 yards on average. Um, and, you know, the offensive line is just not holding up. So I don't think he is necessarily, um, you know, the main person to blame, but, uh, I think the Carolina Panthers just really need a really good offensive line. Um, definitely not the best offensive play calling, I'd say. Uh, just not u- really utilizing the players to their fullest potential. We'll have to see what they do in week 14. Um, I believe they're going, yeah, they're going against, uh, the Falcons, a divisional matchup. So we'll have to see what happens here. Um, maybe it was the right move if they do, uh, beat the Falcons. Maybe it was the right move to uh, fire him, but, uh, looking at it right now just didn't look like the best move. Uh, now going over my week 12, uh, surprises. Um, now starting off the week 12 surprises, I do have the Bears on the list. Now the Bears, uh, they're a decent team. Um, and I didn't think they were going to beat the Lions. I thought, you know, the Lions, they have nothing really to lose here. They did pretty good against the Browns the previous week. Um, Justin Fields was out for this game. So, uh, definitely I thought the Lions could win this one, but the Bears ended up winning this one by a really close one. They lost, they won 16 to 14. Um, I mean, it was the Lions, so I wasn't really that surprised as to, uh, you know, how they won, uh, but definitely a good game by, uh, the Bears. Looking at the stats here, Andy Dalton, 24 for 39, 317 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He was sacked once, so the offense line did carry up, uh, did carry pretty good. Uh, and then Andy Dalton had six carries for 11 yards. Um, David Montgomery, uh, did decent, uh, 46 yards. Darnell Mooney, um, Cole Komet really killed the, uh, the Lions defense in this one. Donald Mooney had 123 yards on five receptions and Cole Komet had 65 yards on eight receptions. So, uh, definitely receiving game was really good for him. Um, and then, you know, Darnell Mooney got them downfield in that last drive. Um, they were able to kick a field goal. Overall, I think they did really good. Uh, I mean, looking at the defense. Uh, they weren't able to turn the ball over. I mean, Jared Goff was pretty conservative with the ball in this game. Um, but, uh, sorry, Jalen Johnson had a really good game. Uh, five total tackles. Um, one, uh, one forced fumble. Um, and then, uh, then, uh, Travis Gibson did get the, uh, fumble recovery. So overall, I mean, not the best deep, uh, defensive performance from the Bears. I mean, they are missing Khalil Mack for the rest of the season. Uh, that was another reason why I thought the Lions would win. Uh, but really great offensive performance by the Bears. Um, and that's, that was a really good game, uh, by the Bears. Now that my next surprise from week 12, uh, I have the Raiders. Now the Raiders beat the Cowboys in overtime, 36 to 33, so definitely a close one. It's a really good game to watch. I mean, Derek Carr, 24 for 39, 273 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked three times, um, so not the best offensive line performance. Um, he carried, or he had two carries for 21 yards. Um, Josh Jacobs had a really great, great, really, really great game. Uh, 22 rushes for 87 yards and one touchdown. 
Um, and then looking at receiving, uh, Hunter Renfro had a good game, eight receptions for 134 yards. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a really great game, uh, coming off of, you know, it's his second game, uh, with the Raiders and he just didn't perform that well, but, you know, he showed out in this game 102 yards on three receptions for one touchdown. And Zay Jones, who I think is a sleeper wide receiver, uh, definitely did his thing on Thanksgiving. Uh, he had 59 yards for on five receptions. So really good game, uh, there offensively. Uh, looking at the defense, they weren't able to turn over the ball. Um, uh, Yannick Ngakwe did get one key sack near the end of the game, so it was a, it was a really good uh, game by uh, the Raiders. Jonathan Abram had a good game, especially since he's been kind of uh, in a slump recently, so he had a good game against the Cowboys just um, so far, just really couldn't do much. I mean, they they contained the running backs to about only like 61 yards, about 61 yards. Uh, Tony Pollard had 36 and Ezekiel Elliott had 25. So, I mean, those, that running back deal is really hard to contain to only, uh, 60, 60 plus yards. So, uh, it just wasn't the, wasn't the best rushing performance. I mean, the wide receivers had a really good game. Um, Michael Gallup and, um, Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson had both, you know, carried the weight of having CD Lamb gone in that one, but, uh, it just wasn't really enough, uh, for, the Cowboys to win and the Raiders came out, won the game in overtime on their second drive in overtime. So, um, really close game, really great game to watch. Um, and the Raiders really surprised me with this one. Now, another, uh, team that really surprised me was the Giants. Um, the Giants being the Eagles 13 to 7, um, in an NFC East divisional matchup, a really important matchup. Um, really great game. Uh, or I mean, not a great game, but a great game by the Giants' standards. Um, but it was definitely a really slow game. Uh, not much scoring really until the end. Um, looking at the Giants' offensive performance, Daniel Jones went 19 for 30, 202 yards, one touchdown. He sacked once, nine carries for 30 yards. Uh, the rush game really wasn't that good. Um, Kenny Galladay had, you know, his first big game of the season, I think, in my in my opinion, uh, with 50 yards on three receptions. So, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't the best game, but uh, looking at the Eagles, it just, uh, Jalen Hurts' performance wasn't that great. Uh, he went 14 for 31, 129 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. So definitely uh, Giants were able to turn over the ball. Um, I mean, the Eagles had a good rushing attack. I mean, Jordan, uh, Jalen Hurts, sorry, had eight rushes for 77 yards. Boston Scott had 64 yards on 15 receptions and a touchdown. Uh, Miles Sanders had 64 yards on nine rushes. Um, so really good game by, uh, their rushing attack. Just the receiving attack really couldn't get anything going. Um, looking at the defense, it couldn't really get much. So, um, I think mainly it was just who could win out in basically a rock fight. And uh, the Giants were able to get, you know, a better receiving game, I think, in my opinion. And, um, you know, they didn't turn the ball over uh, as many times as the Eagles did. So that's what I think led uh, the Giants to win this one. Now, another team that surprised me were the Broncos. The Broncos beat the Chargers 28-13. to um, and they beat a Chargers team that's been really good, uh, you know, so far. So, 
I'm definitely inconsistent, so I did. It was kind of still surprising that the Broncos won, uh, but also wasn't surprising at the same time because the Chargers are kind of um, in kind of like a middle zone for me. I think they're kind of inconsistent. They're good against good teams, and they do subpar against, uh, you know, decent teams. So um, it was just kind of interesting to see that the Broncos did win this one. Looking at the Broncos' offensive game, Teddy Bridgewater went 11 for 18, 129 yards and one touchdown with two carries and 10 yards. Um, and then Drew Locke came in uh, at the in <laughs> came in the game, um, four for seven, 26 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. He sacked once. Um, and then the rushing attack was really good for the Broncos. Melvin Gordon, 17 rushes for 83 yards, um, and Javante Williams, I believe, um, had uh, 14 rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then the receiving or the receiving attack did really good. Again, Javante Williams had a good. Uh, I mean, he's a good back coming out, uh, coming out of the backfield, catching, um, catching, you know, pretty far down the field. Uh, 57 yards on three receptions. So. It's definitely been doing good there. Looking at it defensively, uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, Jr. got two interceptions. He, he's been doing really good. I think he's up for, he's up there for defensive rookie of the year. I definitely think Micah Parsons is over him, uh, defensively or, you know, impact wise for his team. Uh, but Patrick Sertan's been really good. Really, uh, I think he's a sleeper in my opinion. Not many people are really talking about him for defensive rookie of the year. Um, but, uh, he's been doing really good, consistent with the defense. Um, Weatherly was able to get a sack. Um, Agam was able to get a sack. So you know they were able to get they were able to get in the Chargers' backfield. Um, Justin Herbert threw two interceptions. Um, the rushing attack really couldn't get anything going. Herbert with 36. Eckler surprisingly only had 31. Um, I mean, the receiving attack did good. Uh, Keenan Allen, seven interceptions, uh, with 85 yards. Austin Eckler, 68 yards on six receptions and a touchdown. So, definitely the receiving game helped the Chargers a little bit, but the Broncos overall, I mean, uh, they were really conservative with the ball. Um, I mean, they didn't turn the ball over. Um, Melvin Gordon had a great game. Uh, the receiving game could use some work, but overall, I think the Broncos just had a good game um and they didn't turn the ball over which you you can see mainly with a trend here with many teams that win they don't turn the ball over that much um and the broncos were able to do uh just that another team that surprised me were the 49ers now the 49ers were favorites um but i thought you know the vikings coming off of a really big divisional win over the packers i thought uh, you know, maybe they can continue it with the 49ers, but 49ers did win 34 to 26. Um, now the Vikings almost got to come back there, uh, near the end of the game, but they just couldn't get it done. Um, looking at the 49ers offensively, Jimmy Garoppolo went 17, 17 for 26. 200, he had 20, 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he sacked twice, um, with three carries for zero yards. Um, now, Elijah Mitchell had, uh, 133 yards on 27 rushes for one touchdown. Uh, Debo Samuel had 66 yards on six rushes for two touchdowns. So, overall, really good rushing attack for the 49ers. 
looking at the receiving game, Brandon Ayuk had an amazing game, 91, 91 yards on three receptions. So, uh, really great offensive performance, uh, by, uh, the 49ers. Aziz Alshair, um, he had an interception, uh, with seven total tackles. Um, and looking at the Vikings, um, Kirk Cousins threw one interception. Um, Dalvin Cook really couldn't get anything going. Uh, 39 yards um, on 10 rushes. Madison had 21 yards on 7 rushes. So definitely not the best. Uh, but the Vikings really excel in the receiving game. And they really did here. Uh, Justin Jefferson with 83 yards, 4 receptions. Dalvin Cook, 64 yards, 6 receptions. Adam Thielen, 62 yards on 5 receptions. So really great uh, overall by the Vikings. But they... Uh, I just think, um, it was pretty, pretty much even. I just think, um, the 49ers had both a rushing attack and a receiving attack while the Vikings really couldn't get anything on the ground. So they had to go through the air. Um, and the 49ers both had both the ground and the air at the same time. So, uh, the Vikings really couldn't, uh, you know, make them go into a single type of uh, game and single type of strategy so um definitely hurt the vikings there 49ers were able to force the vikings to throw it um since they couldn't get anything downfield um or since they couldn't get anything on the ground so uh good job by the 49ers defense to kind of contain the vikings there um and really surprising win for the 49ers and then my last surprise of the week, uh, the Packers. Now the Packers beating the Rams 28 to 36 and the Rams again, another team that almost got another comeback. I think is, is that even the, uh, almost the same score as the Vikings, the 49ers, but, uh, you know, Rams only losing by eight, almost got a comeback near the end. Uh, looking at the Packers offensively, uh, Aaron Rodgers had 28 completions for 45, uh, on 45 attempts. Uh, 307 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, he was sacked once, two carries for zero yards. Uh, AJ Dillon had a good game, 69 yards on 20 or 20 uh, rush attempts. Um, Devonta Adams had a good game, 140 yards on eight receptions. Uh, Randall Cobb coming back, uh, 95 yards for four receptions. Uh, and looking at the defense, um, uh, Roswell Douglas had an interception. Um, and Barnes had seven total tackles. Uh, looking at the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford threw one interception and he was sacked twice. Uh, Daryl Henderson was really their only good rusher, 55 yards on 16 rush attempts. Uh, Cooper Cup had a good game, 96 yards, seven, uh, seven receptions. Van Jefferson, 93 yards, three receptions. Odell, 81 yards on five receptions, uh, and one touchdown. Also, Van Jefferson got a touchdown, so. Uh, most of these, most of these yards, I mean, they were kind of coming near the end of the game. Um, and the Packs really dominated the beginning of the game, and I think that's why they really won. Uh, the Rams just really couldn't get anything going until near the end of the game, um, where they had not much time left to really complete the comeback. Um, so the, I think the Packers really kind of saved by the Rams finding the rhythm later in, uh, later on into the game. Um, but, the Packers still uh, were doing really good at the beginning, um, and I think that's why they won the game. Now moving on to some news in the NBA. Um, I think this is a topic that comes around basically once every year. I'm not just like to report on it, but could this be uh, the decline, the start of the the start of the decline 
for LeBron James um, here now. Looking at his last three games, um, going with his uh, Clippers game uh, about two days ago, uh, the Lakers lost 119 to 115 against the Clippers. Um, LeBron played 36 minutes. He had 23 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, and two steals. Uh, that's a double double. Um, really good game, but they just couldn't get it done. Uh, now looking at the November 28th game against the Pistons, uh, the Lakers win 110 to 106. LeBron had 33 points, five rebounds, nine assists, and two steals. Really solid stat line there. Um, looking at the one that they lose in triple overtime against uh, the Sacramento Kings, losing 141 to 137. Um, LeBron had uh, he already played 49 minutes. He had 30 points, seven rebounds, 11 assists, and one steal. Again, a triple uh, or double double, not triple double, but a double double in uh, two of the last three games. But yet they lose in the games that he has a double-double. Um, and I don't think it's the start of a decline for LeBron James, but I do think it is um, more about the people surrounding him. They just really can't get anything done. I mean, look at, I mean, his stat lines against the Clippers and the uh, Kings were really great stat lines, double-doubles. But, but looking at the stats of those around him, um, you're not really getting much. I mean, Westbrook, Anthony Davis obviously consistently gonna uh, put up points. Malink Monk did really good in that game, but then if you look at around, I mean Carmelo Anthony 16, uh, Avery Bradley two points, uh, um, Jordan uh, had four points, uh, DeAndre Jordan um, he had four points. Um, just wasn't looking good. Horton Tucker, seven points. Wayne Ellington, six points. So, I mean, stepping back from the big three there with Westbrook, James, and Davis, it just doesn't look good. I mean, Malink Monk did really good. Uh, Carmel Anthony did decent. But then looking at the rest, just they couldn't get much going. Um, then looking at the team, the people surrounding him against the Clippers, um, Looking at those stats there, um, you know, let's go to the big three there. Westbrook, 10-2-9, one steal. LeBron James, 23-11-6, two steals. Anthony Davis, 27-10-4, and one steal, so, and one block. So, I mean, that big three is definitely doing a lot. I mean, Malik Monk, again, another 20-point performance, so maybe he's a rising star there in Los Angeles, but looking at the rest of you know, the rest of the people, Horton Tucker, eight points, Jan, or Dwight Howard, six points, um, Carmel Anthony, 13 points, Wayne Ellington, six points, uh, Reeves, two points. Just, it just looks like the talent surrounding LeBron, uh, just isn't doing good. I mean, LeBron wasn't even the leading scorer in this game. Um, I mean, Anthony Davis was, but it just didn't look good. Russell Westbrook only had 10 points. Um, and just wasn't looking too good for the Lakers in that one. So I think it's definitely just the people surrounding him. I wouldn't say it's the decline of just LeBron James. Um, definitely, I, I think that his stats 
are kind of declining but you know as he's getting older he is missing a lot more games um especially with that covid protocol with that false positive that he did uh get definitely made him miss out on some games so uh that's why his stats aren't really looking the same uh but just wasn't looking good uh for the lakers i think just the talent surrounding the big three or just surrounding lebron james it just wasn't that great uh, now moving on to some more news surrounding the Pelicans. Uh, Zion's return, uh, Zion Williamson's return is going to be delayed because of a rehab setback. Uh, now the Pelicans aren't too worried about this, uh, because it is, or it does seem like a minor, uh, setback. So he is going to be returning soon, just, uh, not at the exact date that they thought he would. Um, but, it's going to be interesting to see Zion back on the court again, uh, you know, after seeing the memes of, you know, kind of him getting a little bit bigger, um, and he just hasn't been performing that well last year when he was in. Um, we'll just have to see what he does when he comes back, um, but uh, just definitely a big hit for the Pelicans. Uh, and hopefully he can get back healthy and on the court to see what he can do uh, for the Pelicans this season. Uh, now moving on to some more news the Grizzlies uh, beat the Thunder setting a new NBA record uh, by winning by 73 points um, now that's an NBA record that I, I think is going to stay there for a while but it's definitely surprising uh, to see that they lost by that much I mean you don't really normally see um, a team losing by 73 points um, just the Grizzlies just looked like they overpowered them uh, looking at the stats, if I can, uh, get to the stats, um, uh, the Grizzlies, I mean, I mean, they have John Moran, obviously, really great, uh, really great player, um, in my opinion, so I think that's, that could be why, um, you know, that could be why they won, John Moran leading them, but I think they have a lot of players surrounding that team, um, that, you know, kind of helps them win. Uh, now looking at it here, uh, to give you the official score, they won 152 to 79. Uh, looking at the stats, um, Steven Adams, nine points, eight rebounds, two assists, one block. Uh, Jaron Jackson had a good game, 27 points, three rebounds, one assist. Um, I mean, that was really, I mean, Melton had 19 points, six rebounds, five assists. Um, I don't even think John Moran was even playing, actually. Yeah, he wasn't even playing. He had that, he has that left knee sprain. I forgot about that. So he wasn't even playing. The Grizzlies set an NBA record without their star player playing. But looking at it here, basically everybody on the roster had something to do with them scoring. Steven Adams, nine points. Uh, Derek Brooks, 11 points. Uh, Tyus Jones, 10 points. Bain, two points. Jaron Jackson, 27. Uh, Aldama, 18. Uh, Conchar, 17. Tillman, 11. Uh, Melton, 19 again. Uh, Tilly, 6. Uh, Brandon Clark, uh, 11. Uh, Culver, 11. So, I mean, they're definitely putting up points. Um, let me see how many double-doubles that they had, though. Uh, I mean, Aldama had a double-double, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Um... Or I think that's it. Maybe I thought, thought I saw more, but 
so far just looks like the Grizzlies had the ball and they spread the ball to basically everybody. Um, and looking at the Thunder, they just really can get anything going. Their leading scorer was, uh, you know, Eldor, you know, um, Lou Dort, bro. Um, so, I mean, he's doing, he did pretty good for them. 15 points, one rebound, two assists. Um, but that was basically it. Jerome had 12. Um, man had 12. Um, Roby had 11. Muscala had 12. Um, they just didn't really look that good. Um, they definitely weren't getting the ball to everybody. Uh, they definitely had a lot of people's out, a lot of people out though. Uh, Favors was out. Um, uh, SGA was out in concussion protocol. Uh, Giddy was out with an illness, but it was non-COVID related. Um, and it just didn't look that good. Um, you know, for the Thunder, they, they were missing out on a lot of key players that they really need. Um, so that could explain why they lost by so much, but still, I think the Grizzlies just were able to overpower them with, um, people being able to, you know, take over and, uh, get the points that they needed to get, um, and spread the ball out more. Now, some more news coming from the NBA that the Nets are open to trading Kyrie Irving. And now that's kind of surprising, but also kind of not. Um, I'm not sure if, if now, uh, you know, they're getting some interest by the 76ers to trade Ben Simmons. Um, but Kyrie, you know, he's not, he doesn't want to get the vaccine, obviously. Um, and that's kind of hurting his stock here, uh, since he's not able to play with the team. So I'm not sure what team would actually be trading for Kyrie if he's not getting, uh, you know, the vaccine this season and then he's not going to play for them. Uh, what would be the purpose of them trading? Uh, but we'll have to see, um, in the next coming days or coming weeks to see where, uh, you know, this trade talk for Kyrie, uh, kind of falls. Now, speaking of the Nets, they recently had a really great game against the Timberwolves, winning 110-205 by Kevin Durant, uh, behind his 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, so that's a double-double. Um, looking at the rest of the Nets team, uh, you have Patty, or not Patty Mills, uh, yeah, Patty Mills, actually, yeah, who's a really good, uh, I'd say role player in the league. I think he's a model role player for, you know, the, the rest of the league. I mean, he had 23 points, zero rebounds, three assists, and one steal. James Harden, 20 points, seven rebounds, nine assists, two steals. Um, you know, overall just looked like a great, um, great game by those three. Um, looking at the Timberwolves, um, uh, Reed had 19 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist. Angelo Russell had 21 points, 3 rebounds, 11 assists, making that a double-double. Um, uh, Prince had 11 points, 0 rebounds, 0 assists. Um, Anthony Edwards uh, had 19 points, 2 rebounds, and 4 assists with 3 steals. Um, and that's basically about it for the Timberwolves. Uh, they couldn't really get much. Um, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns was uh, down uh, with a tailbone contusion, which definitely hurts them. Uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, obviously, he's been out with a left left adductor strain, um, and he's definitely a key defensive player for the Timberwolves. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the Nets just were able to score a lot more points. Uh, a lot of big players scored a lot of big points um, near the end there. Um, you know, giving the Nets the win. 
Now, another team that had a great game was the Warriors against the Suns. Now, the Suns and Warriors played, uh, say, last week, um, and that was part of the Suns' 18-game win streak, but this one came all to an end with this rematch coming back. Uh, you know, the Warriors snapped the 18-game win streak, which is a franchise uh, record. Um, now, looking at... Uh, the players. Now, Jordan Poole did get fouled out for this game, but he had 14 points, one rebound, and five assists with one steal. Um, Steph Curry, obviously, 23 points, five rebounds, five assists. He's always going to have a good game. Uh, um, Andrew Wiggins, 19 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, uh, Toscano Anderson had 17 points. I think he's a really, uh, really great rising star for the Warriors. 17 points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block. Uh, Gary Payton the second, 19 points, five rebounds, one steal, one block. Uh, you know, definitely he's gonna be great for the Warriors. Um, and he's also another rising star, uh, for them. Uh, looking at the Suns, um, DeAndre Ayton, obviously 23 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, but really it's really all I could see here. Uh, Devin Booker was out for this game with a left hamstring strain, so that could be why they lost this one by so much, because he is a key scorer for them. Um, also, Dario Saric and Frank Kaminsky were both out, so, I mean, uh, Saric is out for the season, but um, Kaminsky definitely uh, definitely hurts them a lot. So having both Booker and Kaminsky out hurt the Suns, I think, for this 18-game win streak. Um, and that was snapped by the Warriors. Definitely a great game by the Warriors. Uh, great game by Steph Curry. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see because I think uh, those two could definitely, we could see that in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, now looking at uh, the last topic for today's episode, uh, LaMelo Ball is one of the four players uh, that have been out or uh, that are out now with uh, COVID-19. Um, now, who knows if it is another false positive positive case like LeBron James case, but uh, it's definitely a big hit for the Hornets missing that many players, especially now, um, you know, a big young star for their team, LaMelo Ball. So uh, we'll have to see what the Hornets can do here. Um, it's definitely going to hurt them a lot having missing LaMelo Ball um, and multiple players. So uh, we'll have to see what the Hornets do for this one. And that'll be all for today's episode. Thank you for listening all the way through uh, or watching all the way through if you're on YouTube. Have a great rest of your day, and thank you.